0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Stuff You Should Know is brought to you by Visa. We all have things we like to think about. Online fraud shouldn't be one of them. Because with every purchase, Visa prevents, detects, and resolves online fraud. Safe, secure, Visa. Visa.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. Josh Clark, Chuck Bryant here. Josh and Chuck, staff writers for HowStuffWorks.com. What's up, Chuck? The dynamic duo. That's exactly right, Chuck. Right, that's us. Chuck, I was uh, reading the other day, as I do once in a while. Right. I try to keep the brain going. Always. Um, and I came across a really sad article. What's it that? turns out um, July 1st will forever live as a day of infamy. How, I mean... Uh, is it's, it your birthday? It, or? July, no, July 15th is my birthday. July 1st, 2008 um, was a day when two great underground pop culture icons were killed in one fell swoop. Have you ever heard of a guy named Ron English? No, I don't know Ron. Now, I think there's a coach out there, a college football coach, defensive coordinator named Ron English. This is not the one I'm talking about. Different guy. Okay. Uh, this guy, um, is this dude who is uh, considered the, the, the father of agit pop art. Right. It's like pop art, like think Warhol but with like a, a social or um political message behind it. This guy created like a MC Super Size with this this uh gangster parody of uh Ronald McDonald. Right. I think he I've did, seen that. He did did you see the one where he merged uh, Obama's face with um with uh, Abraham Lincoln's beard and hat? It's I did creepy. see that. That's yeah, kinda creepy, but cool. So that's Ron English, okay? And he's he's this real uh he's underground, he's uh really um he kind of hijacks uh, the sides of buildings. He's, he's right. putting these billboards, these works of art up when he's not supposed to. Right. And he's just kind of creating controversy. Public protests/ <laughs> slash pop art. Yes. Uh, he actually accepted money from the Ray-Ban company to create a, uh, a building wrap, uh, this work of art. And then Ray-Ban proceeded to pay um, a smart mob, a group of people, to just show up wearing Ray-Bans and all stare at this building wrap for like 15 minutes on that day. So in, the, in one fell swoop, Ray-Ban uh, basically killed, or at the very least totally co-opted, Ron English right. and smart mobs. Right. Which is, is really sad because, you know, the, uh, the first, the first smart mob on record, uh, had to be dispersed by the, um, Delta force. Right. At the Battle of Seattle. So I love marketing people. I love them because, mm, you know, they're, they're definitely not the, uh, the apocalyptic horse people of the end of a, an underground trend ever are they? No.
2: And and far be it from them to turn a, a, a really cool underground thing into yeah. commercial advertising. Yeah, they, they wouldn't
1: do that. They they keep it going. So yeah. Money, root of all evil and end of all underground culture. But um that battle of Seattle I mentioned, you know right. what I'm talking about? Yeah,
2: the the uh the Protest at the World Trade Organization summit in I think
1: '99 in Seattle. You, we should probably tell people what what exactly we're talking about when we mentioned smart mobs. Or yeah, it's not something that not, you know, most people don't know about these. Well, basically, what it is is just a group of people, uh, usually protesters, uh, or originally they were protesters who um are also called flash mobs based right. on their ability to um assemble and disperse really quickly. Yeah, it's really kind of cool. It's very cool. Um there's this guy named Alex uh, Stefson I think is his name. He edited uh the a, a user's guide to the 21st century and he wrote of smart mobs that um basically any city in the world can be shut down by 10,000 swarming protesters, right? Right. Block off streets. Yeah. Keep- Police from taking action, and the reason that these mobs are so successful is because they are all linked using you know readily available technology, text messages, cell phones, uh, cell phones, that kind of thing. So they're getting um, they're getting directions from like some central mastermind, puppet master, right? You know, somebody in um, his black turtleneck in the dark room, exactly. Somewhere. Yes, yeah, that guy, um, and he is aware. He's sending them messages saying like cops are coming disperse, reassemble, you know, at, at this park. Right. And um, so they're always one step ahead of the cops. Yeah. And, and
2: I'm, I imagine this looks really neat. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen, like, a big wide shot of a smart mob, but I think it just goes from, like, what looks like a, a crowd of people, and all of a sudden, instantly, they're just... They're walking just along like they're just minding their own business. But
1: they've they've lost the the one common thread, and that was that protest at that moment. They're right. no longer protesting. They're just people right. on the street now, and and they have nothing in common, and as such can't be beaten, you know, with riot shields and batons. Right, because they can when, be, but you know, well, really should <laughs> be at that
2: point. That's that's one of the problems with a quote unquote peaceful protest of the past is everyone shows up in this one place. Cops usually even know about it beforehand. Sure. that There's going to be a rally there, yeah. and they're all just parked there in some like city park or street corner, and you know the cops can effectively just surround them and do whatever they want: tear gas, mace, you name it. Yeah, yeah, they they do a lot of that stuff. But with the smart mobs, it's neat because they just break up, and all of a sudden the
1: cops are like. Hey what, where, where, where where they happen? go yeah and then they're two blocks away Exactly and the the way that they the mastermind Mr. Black Turtleneck is keeping uh, tabs on the uh the the cops is through a method called surveillance Right It's the it's the opposite of surveillance it's basically right. I think it means looking uh looking above from below, something to that effect. Right. And it's basically the public sector keeping an eye on the government sector or the security sector. Um, it's like uh, the Rodney King beating being videotaped. Perfect example of surveillance. Right. Um, and another example is uh, this group called the European Information Society Group. Uh, basically, they run around. They're just a, a, a loose assemblage of people who have camera phones, uh, video phones. Uh-huh. And they, they'll, like, if there's a, uh, a state-run hospital in Britain or something that is, uh, that has really un, un- unacceptably unsanitary conditions, right. they'll, they'll film this and put it on YouTube. And it's with this, you know, quick dissemination of, of information, all of a sudden the British government is acting to clean this hospital up or clean its act up, depending on what they were just taken to task for. Yeah, it's really kind of cool.
2: A lot of good can come out of these and, and they're, I don't think they've had a, a violent flash mob, have they? They have,
1: actually. Oh, they yeah. have? The, the guy who came up with this term, his name's uh, Howard Reingold, and he's this futurist. He um, He's one to definitely keep an eye on. Whatever he's talking about is usually going to come about in the next 5, 10, 15 years. Right. So he coined the term smart mob, and he said in an interview later on that he deliberately chose the word mob, I think, uh and I quote, because of its dark resonances. Right. And there have been instances... Where, where flash mobs have broken out, um, for the purpose of violence. Like, uh, I think the, uh, uh what year was it? There was, uh, uh the Miss World pageant uh in 2002 in Nigeria right there was i guess a local newspaper uh wrote an article praising the pageant and it was sent around among the muslim community and through text messaging uh violence basically broke out 200 people died because of it it's kind of a that's a loose association with, with a flash mob right. but it, it it can happen and even if it hasn't fully happened you know, uh, it, it, the, the potential is well, there. Well, sure, anytime you get a bunch of people together in protest, they're probably worked up over something.
2: Yeah. And even if they have peaceful intentions, cops come around and one thing leads to another and,
1: you know, before you know it, violence could be breaking out. Now, you know, Reingold actually, the, the, he went around the world and started noticing these, uh, these smart mobs or flash mobs were already in existence before he coined the term. And he realized that, um, for protest or civil disobedience to be able to survive, Um it was vital that smart mobs exist. Right. Or else it would just be all surveillance, no surveillance, and we would all just be using cell phones just to call our friends or mom on Mother's Day or that kind of thing. Right. The way that they were intended to. And, uh, out of this kind of, um, inspiration, this hacker mentality of like, okay, I've got this device. Let's see if I can make it do this. Right. Uh, that will keep governments in check, essentially, uh, for the next, for as long as we have this technology readily available. Right. And as long as we're consumer driven capitalistic culture in the west these this technology always will be available which yeah, is great it's, it's not it's, going anywhere it's like an uruburos, uh, a, a snake eating its own tail right but in a really cool way yeah i agree yeah so do you know about some of the uh, fun smart mobs yeah the fun those are I my love favorite fun smart mobs <laughs> yeah. yeah give me an example there uh well i know in new york well it's, it's sort
2: of using the same technology, but they're not in protest of anything. It's just groups of people gathering to do kind of crazy things mm-hmm. in front of people. So it's sort of a performance art, uh much more than protest. But I know in New York City, a group of people went to uh, a toy store – um Maybe FAO Schwartz, that's where I would go if I was in yeah. New York. And they all they all uh jumped on the floor and started trembling at this uh big giant yeah, they were like like dinosaur.
1: Bowing bowing before it, yeah, it yeah. Was, yeah. And then
2: they disassemble and they're gone and New Yorkers are probably left standing there. Or the tourists
1: probably when New Yorkers it's, aren't it's, even watching. It. Yeah. Yeah, lots of I Heart New York t-shirts just looking right. around like, what was that? So that was a cool one. And uh, I think in London
2: uh, they did one where all these people showed up at a furniture store and started laying around on all the uh, couches and things, which, I don't know, that's, that was a bit lame if you ask me. It was. It
1: was definitely the uh, one of the lamer ones I've run across. But it, it was cool. The, one of my favorites was uh, one that took place in Rome uh, where <laughs> the people were, were instructed to go to this bookstore, um, and all these people converged on it and, and were told to, um, right. insist that the, the people who worked at the bookstore help them find books that didn't exist. Right. And, uh, God knows how much time they wasted doing that. Right. And probably didn't sell a single book. I wouldn't think so. Because smart mobbers are, notoriously poor you know steve martin actually technically you could make it a a case that he uh started the first smart mobs uh do you know about his early stand-up uh actor comedian steve martin yeah that's steve martin yeah i, I know about his early stand-up i didn't king tide and the Arrow through the head oh this is even earlier than that i mean this is like undiscovered steve martin days Basically, um, he used to, he'd be at like a comedy club or whatever, doing his, his bit, and, um, all of a sudden he'd just stop and be like, who, who wants fries? I, I'd love some McDonald's. He'd get everybody down to McDonald's, right? Everyone right. in the club would follow him down. He's doing his bit, you know, uh, the whole time. And then he, he gets to the counter and he's ordering for everybody, you know, ends up with like an order of like 60 cheeseburgers and like 80 orders of fries, and he keeps changing it, you know, and asking right. the crowd what they want, and then, Finally, ends up just buying a, a um, an order of small fries and they leads everybody back to the club. Yeah, so wow. it, sounds like suffer, it sounds like the people that suffer. It sounds like the people that suffer from this are the business owners. Exactly, and I think that's part of it. It's it's kind of nice to say, like you know, we we are the consumers, but we also are more powerful than than you'd like to let us believe right. we are. You know, kind
2: of commanding or demanding a little respect, perhaps. Yeah, very much so. Oh, I miss that Steve Martin.
1: How could you not? Instead of the one who does the uh, Father father of the bride, bride. Good (laughs) Lord. I'm with you. Well, as it turns out, Steve Martin uh, is uh, in the same echelon these days as Ron English and Smart Mobs now. They've all, maybe you could make a case of sold out. So sad to see all three started out great, but it kind of makes you wonder what's next. We'll be keeping an eye out for it. Right. Maybe we should go start one up right now. I I think we should as well. And uh, stick around while Chuck and I are assembling our own smart mob to find out what article on HowStuffWorks.com reminds him of his childhood after this.
0: Stuff You Should Know is brought to you by Visa. We all have things to think about, like, say, what's the best site to buy a new leather jacket or whether to buy the three- or six-megapixel camera. But thankfully, we don't need to think about online fraud because for every purchase you make, Visa keeps an eye out for fraud with real-time fraud monitoring and by making sure you're not liable for any unauthorized purchases. How's that for peace of mind? Safe. Secure. Visa.
1: Okay, so Chuck... Tell us, what is it? What what article on the site reminds you of your childhood? Right. You don't even know this. I, I've I kept don't. This actually, this is a surprise to me, too. Uh,
2: it's actually an article that was featured today, written by freelance writer Ed uh, Grabinowski, who's been with us for a while. Is and that how you say Ed's last name? I, I threw it out there. That's how it's spelled. It sounds sounds right, yeah. I call him the Grabster. Right on. Um, how jetpacks work. Nice. Yes, and, I saw that on yeah, the Yeah, that takes me right back to my childhood and the G.I. Joe uh, jetpack that I had.
1: You had a jetpack of your own.
2: Well, it was it was for the doll, the old. Oh, gotcha. And I'm a little older than you, but the old GI Joes were tall, 12 inches. Yeah, dolls. I came
1: in right after those. I, I'm I'm a big fan of the shorter, what, four and a half inches. Yeah, I don't even. Those don't exist to me. Yeah, they're good. So
2: I had the little jetpack. I had the submarine, and uh, you could attach the jetpack on the string, and.
1: You know, it was fun for a five-year-old. That's great. Well, so Chuck revealed what article uh, reminds him of his childhood and that he was apparently born in 1962. Uh, You can learn all about jetpacks and all sorts of other wacky childhood adventurous stuff on HowStuffWorks.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com.